the thing I would tell a lot of people is do not expect great, exciting interviews to come from Tom Brady and Bill oh. Belichick. Because <laughs> I will say Bill Belichick, I was actually sitting in one of his press conferences, mm-hmm. and that had to be the most boring thing I'd ever heard in my life. This show is brought to you by ForYourWear.com. ForYourWear.com is the home of many podcasters, merchandise, including myself. You can go right on there and get shirts such as you can go get a shirt from those wrestling girls. Right now they have the Summer Slay shirts if you're a wrestling fan and, you know, your lady likes wrestling and she wants to wear a SummerSlam style shirt, but Summer Slay, you can get those. They also have a Juneteenth collection because, yeah, we celebrate Juneteenth in June, but why not wear the shirt all year round? And they have a couple other shirts like the Black Lives Matter, Butt Guard, and more. Plus, you can get your Break It Through Glass Ceilings merch from there as well as from other podcasters. So go to ForYourWear.com and let them know Brian H. Water sent you. In life, you find people that just naturally good people. Today, on this episode of Breaking Through Glass Ceiling, I have a good brother on by the name of Mike Pat. Mike has always been supportive of everybody in our online group chat. Anybody who has a show, he's supporting, he's watching, he's sharing. And now he's the host of the the Touring the AFC South podcast. And I have to tell you, even if you're not a fan of none of the teams there, there's something that you will enjoy about the show. One is Mike's personality, but also the fact that he will incorporate all the other teams, especially when they face the AFC South. So like, for instance, he'll have bring a Steelers fan on when they're playing one of the teams down there and they'll talk about it from their perspective so you get a well-balanced sports show ladies and gentlemen coming up here's my conversation with mike pat all right ladies and gentlemen today on this episode of breaking through glass ceilings with brian h waters i have a good friend a longtime supporter and before we get started, I'm going to just go ahead and say, well, let me introduce, let me get, my, get myself together. I got the one and only Mike Patton, the general MP, man, before we get started, Mike, I just want to tell you that on behalf of the Millennial Media Mavens, me, Ashley, Kelsey, Renee, and Brandon, man, thank you for all your support, especially when we was starting off like when we was like, all right, we're going to do this show. All right, let's do another. And then you was the one, loudest person on the internet. Y'all got to do another show. Y'all got to do another show. Y'all got to do another show. <laughs> I can tell you, we're coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back and do some more. But, man, I had to give you your flowers personally before we got started, brother. Well, man, uh, hey, uh, just uh, thank you all for just providing the content. And, um, you know, just uh, I definitely love all the things that y'all are doing and continue to do and, and watching you all grow and blossom in the business, man. It's truly amazing to watch. Yeah, man. It's just a lot of fun, man. You know, um, you and I met on Facebook a while ago. You know, you had all had a, a Facebook group, you know. Um, 
<laughs> I, I mean, it's so many of them. I can't even remember which one, probably. Yeah, but you, you know, you gave people a platform to like really go after their dreams and network, man. And then, you know, obviously, you know, I remember watching and reading a lot of your stuff from the Sports Awakening. What led you to creating the Sports Awakening? Because, you know, a lot of times we get, we all know anybody can set up a blog, right? And me personally, I honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, I look at it as, okay, how can serious can I take you? Oh, you put, you know, you bought the URL. So now I know you already, not saying that some, some people don't buy it. That's fine. But when you, it's like ownership, right? And so, you know, I wanted to know what made you decide to start the Sports Awakening and, you know, obviously stay consistent with it. Well, honestly, when I was, uh, it was, before it was the Sports Awakening, actually, it was the Everyday Man Sports Blog. So, okay, you know, that one was my original one that I started. And, you know, talking to a few friends, they were like, look, you know, I know you love writing, but this title was way too long. <laughs> something with this title come uh -huh. up with something else and i was like okay so i thought about it thought about it for a while and um you know just it just hit me and it kept hitting me over and over again and i was like okay cool i can switch to this title it can work and then i could go get you know try to you know get into events and and you know have my cards made and i actually had cards and everything with my name on it owner phone number twitter handle all that stuff had those all made um and that was kind of the the thought and then the visual came about with the eyes and all those different things and it just all seemed to be coming together i was like okay yeah this is what i'm supposed to be doing and i just you know before i did any of this of course first thing i did was pray and mm -hmm. make sure i was listening to the right voices and not just voices so <laughs> you know so i definitely did that and that's kind of what made me go into it to kind of put a little bit more ownership Mm -hmm. over the things I was doing so I could craft my own image more than, you know, what other things were doing. Now, one of the things I noticed, like, you deal just a lot of, like, writing and sometimes not even sports-related. What When did you first develop the love for writing? Honestly, uh, <laughs> the funny thing about writing is I hated writing all the way through school. Really? Hated it. Hated it, hated it. Almost failed my senior year of high school because Ooh. I hated writing. Uh -huh. English class, yeah. I just bombed a, a writing, a writing assignment, you know. But I didn't discover I liked writing until I was. Mm, let's see, it's actually in Atlanta. We were riding back, me and well, then my fiance, but now uh, my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, we were riding back from Atlanta, listening to 929 a game, listening to a story. And and I was like, I, I could do that. I could write that. I'm like, it just it was frustrating hearing them talk about somebody and it just it, it just was frustrating. And I'm like, man, I can do better than that. So my wife looks at me and is like, hey, well, why don't you try? So that kind of kick started the wheels right there. Started the Everyday Man Sports Blog and then just I, I, after about a few a uh, few weeks of doing it, I just fell in love with it. One article turned into two articles, and two articles turned into three. And you know, and I was doing shorter ones, like two hundred and fifty, and they started stretching out to four hundred and five hundred and eight hundred words and eleven hundred words, and it, it just the the passion for it just grew from there. Would you say writing became therapeutic for you? Therapeutic, uh, definitely, definitely was my my sounding board. I, I you know I I know how I can be or how I was when it came to like uh, 
having debates on sports. I used to be really, you know, I, I, I'd get excited in those arguments. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that word. I'd get excited in those arguments, and I could feel my temperature rising. So I was like, well, let's take it out of that. Let's put it into the actual writing. So that way you're uninterrupted. You can put out what you want to put out, and you can release that that tension, that stress, whatever you got going on 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 the uh, the keyboard. Um, you you talked about you know tense debates. Do you tap into Twitter Spaces at all? <laughs> uh, well, Shout out to was, Ashley and Mark. <laughs> well, I, I will say this, uh, Ashley. Actually, I think she may have got to witness me actually getting my temper riled up. You know, one good time uh, on on uh, Twitter Spaces, but you know, I, I I do from time to time my temper riled up. But you know, at this point, no. But you know, I, I do listen. I, I probably do some listening more than I actually do actually talking on there, but. I probably do need to get involved in it and, and do some some Twitter spaces, actually host some. But I, I, I do more listening than I do talking, to be honest. I, I, I tried, but, you know, as you can see, um, this jersey I got on, you know, he can he <laughs> tends to be the everybody's favorite target. And they tell me that we're delusional when it comes to our quarterback here in Baltimore. <laughs> and, you know, I try to tell people, like, y'all don't know what it's like. We, you know, we never had a quarterback that was feared. You know, I think a lot of places, I mean, you're a 49ers fan. You grew up with, you know, Steve Young and Joe Montana. So you had a quarterback that was feared, even Kaepernick. We didn't have a quarterback that was feared. They respected Joe Flacco. Um, but, you know, when uh, when did your sports fandom start? Honestly, that started when I was a kid. I mean, just watching uh, the first person I ever really watched uh, on TV was Jerry Rice. That's how I okay. became a 49ers fan. I wanted to be a wide receiver. And those different things. I was probably like what five or six, but I was playing linebacker at that time and running back. So it just, you know, but you know, I was like in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna grow up and be Jerry Rice eventually. But of course, you know, the speed and the, and the hands and all those different things didn't quite match up to what he could do. But you know, that's where I kind of started falling in love with sports. And then, of course, you know, the, the WGN was the, the main reason mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with the Cubs. And the, and the Chicago Bulls because WGN was on, and of course they played every Bulls game, yep. played every Cubs game during the summer. So that's how I became fans of both of those teams, and just fell in love with with uh, watching football, basketball, and of course baseball. Baseball not quite as much these days, but I, I still do enjoy uh, catching the game or two. Well, you, at least you got to see all your champions. You know, all your teams become champions. Right, right. You I'm- know, and a lot, a lot can't say that. Yeah, I'm still chasing that Orioles one. You know, I was uh, oh, I was negative three, so I'm still. <laughs> I will give back two Ravens Super Bowls and watch the six Lakers championships for one, just one Orioles, uh, World Series. That's how much I want it. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, now I know you um work started working with the Nashville Voice, and would you say like that's when you like really like turn the corner as far as your writing? Honestly, uh, I would say, no, that wasn't quite the, the, the time I turned the corner. I would say a little bit before that with pro player insiders. Okay. okay. I actually, uh, I actually got an opportunity uh, and I have to mention his name, Mr. Fago Franklin, the third, mm-hmm. he actually got me uh, an opportunity to, he said, "Hey, if you're gonna write with uh, write with pro play insiders, you know, 
you can write on the Titans and do this many articles a week, and you may get a chance to cover the Super Bowl. I can't guarantee it, but here's this. So, you know, so he introduced me to Pro Play Insiders, and I, I kind of got started getting more on the schedule and kind of kind of upping a little bit more of what I was doing because I was like, okay, cool, I'm chasing this goal, trying to get to the Super Bowl, trying to get to the Super Bowl, trying to get to the Super Bowl. I was like literally going through my head every week. And, you know, at that point, I, I would say I probably studied even more in terms of breaking down articles and getting things together. And that's how, you know, I, I started taking it even more serious at that point. Um, you know, and a couple other points as well, but you know, it's, it's a lot of peaks and valleys that have happened in my writing career. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Now, then you also, you was also doing work with the, uh, three point conversion, correct? Yes. Yes. I was writing, uh, let's see, writing, uh, once a week on a uh, Tennessee Titans as well there. And so, you know, a lot of my, I would say a lot of my freelance or, or different places of I'll do like one, maybe two articles there and do a few other things. So it's kind of like I was, it's kind of like I had about 157 jobs or like some people <laughs> tell me. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, Cause I know you obviously cover the Titans a lot. Uh, shout out to the Ravens for stomping on the logo. Um, <laughs> I say that cause I know it don't bother you like it would anybody <laughs> else. Um, well, before I, when is it easier because you're not the biggest fan to cover the team? Um, it used to be, I would say, and you know, it's 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 actually not it's not as hard uh, to to write on a team you love as much as you mm-hmm. get into it more, uh, because you kind of pull yourself away from it and get to the X's and O's, not the Jimmys and Joes, and this and that and the other. You know, you get away from that sort of thing, so it's it's easier. Uh, Definitely because, you know, the Titans are not my favorite team in the NFL. Uh, but, however, as you get more into it, it's easier to remove yourself and just, you know, get into X's and O's and kind of pick those things up instead of getting emotionally wrapped up into the part of the game. Yeah, because, like, I noticed, like, for me, when I was doing uh, the main event sport, main event stat sports show, man, the hardest game, post-game show was that uh, Ravens-Bills game. After losing, you know, Lamar Jackson gets hurt, and it's like, man, I, I already committed. I got to go in the air. But, you know, I've been doing this long enough, so, I, you know, I got to be professional. Uh, But, you know, for the younger fans out there, you know, I'm glad you was able to, like, kind of lend them that gym uh, that can help them go a long way. Now, uh, with you, what was you ever close to become, like, were the Titans ever close to becoming number one? I know you're old enough to remember when Tennessee didn't have a team, but when they came in as the Tennessee Oilers, I want to say that was like 97. I only why I think that because of game day, NFL game day actually have them as the Tennessee Oilers on that video game. <laughs> Is that correct? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, they were in Memphis, I believe at that time they were in Memphis okay. and then they played at Vanderbilt until the stadium got built. And that's when they got renamed uh, the Titans. Oh, okay. Now, was you ever close to wavering and you know putting the 49ers down? <clears throat> no, no. But I mean, <laughs> I, I, let me let me just make this clear to anybody who listens to anything that I, I put out or reads anything I put out. I do root for the hometown team. I want them to do well because when the Titans do well, when T- Tennessee State University is doing well, um, when Vanderbilt's doing well, when the schools in the city are doing well, the city is on a whole nother level. 
It just is. But, you know, the 49ers are my favorite team. But, you know, okay. hey, I do root for the hometown team. So I don't want anybody to think, hey, he just is he really just pulling over, pulling one over on us? Like, no, 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 no. I do root for the hometown team. But, you know, I'm not just like, I'm, they're not my number one team. It just is what it is. Right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Breaking Through Glass Ceilings with Brian H. Waters. I want to let you know, now you can have your own Breaking Through Glass Ceilings t-shirt. Simply go to foryourwear.com. F-O-R-U-R-W-E-A-R.com. Go to the podcasters tab, click Brian H. Waters, and you can purchase your own t-shirt. Appreciate anybody who wants to support the show. On the show that look, you rock with the message. You've been breaking through glass seals. So go ahead, get a t-shirt. I appreciate you. And also check out some of the other podcasters that have signed up with foyourwear.com and the homepage as well. Okay, you know, it's always interesting because like in Baltimore, a lot of people stay with the Ravens. I mean, join the Ravens, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, that's why there's a lot of cowboy fans here. I was one of them. Uh I didn't know that you wasn't supposed to like the Cowboys and the 49ers. So when I first like discovered football, that was at the peak of Aikman versus Young. They were in all the magazines, all the football cards. Those were the hardest pencils to get in school. So I'm like, all right, those are my two teams. Every year I would get the video game. Once I started, you know, getting the sports games, like the Madden 97s, the game day 98s, I'm playing Cowboys versus 49ers. And then we, you know, we get the Ravens. I'm like, all right, I like the Ravens, but you know, I, it was like both for me until recently. So I always wondered, you know, because I've heard people, you know, we have Steelers fans here for that reason. We have people who stay with the Colts. Shout out to Tarika. Um, but they stay with the Colts because of the fact that, you know, that was their team. So I always wonder, like, when, you know, the expansion teams come in or the, the transfers, like, the people jump or whatnot. And then if there was ever, you know, a point where you was close to doing so. No, uh, no, nah, nah, not really. But yeah, I will say my my cousins. I have, I have a couple cousins that definitely did that. They um, one was a 49ers fan. Now he's a Titans fan. And uh, my uncle, I believe he he was a 49ers fan. Now he's a Titans fan. So yeah. Now you know, recently you created a show, touring the AFC South, and you know it's it's. The thing I like about it, the, the, you know, it's always hard for a lot of people to find a niche in this business. Everybody want to have a show, whatever. But, like, you really put me on to a lot of the AFC South between the writers, different players that, you know, people may not see. What made, what led you down that route as opposed to creating, you know, just, you know, a standard football show? To be honest, uh, the biggest thing was kind of looking around and I was like, okay, there's not really a show out here that really talks about the AFC South. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these other shows that talk about this, that, and the other, but why not take on the whole AFC South? I didn't see anything that was representing the AFC South. Uh, I live in Nashville, so if I don't get a Titans game, I'm going to get a Colts game or a Jaguars game or a Texans game. So I'm going to see these teams regardless. So I was like, well, why not create a show, make it, where I can see, you know, I can talk about all these teams, bring on some writers from these areas and kind of introduce the rest of the country to the AFC South even more than what they probably know about it, which at this point they most mostly know the Colts and the Titans. 
So mm-hmm. I figured I would try to do that and uh, kind of see where it went from there. And of course, you know, I have stepped outside the division a few different times, but you know, for the most part, I do stay within the division and kind of bring a little bit of uh, AFC South flavor to to everybody's uh, airwaves. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, and, and like we'll be honest, right? People like in a lot of our circle, it might not be too many people who are fans of the Titans, Jaguars, Colts. Um, what's the other team? I'm looking right Texans. at them. Yeah, them. <laughs> um, but people like you, right? So because people like you, you know, you, even in wrestling, what we say, you're the baby face of the internet. You're you would be a baby face. <laughs> so because of that, you know, people are like, all right, well, I'm gonna tune in to you know, I tune in to Mike's show because Mike's putting it together, and you know, we know it's gonna be good. We know it's gonna be quality. Um, how would you say writing all those years helped you on the broadcast side? Well, it helped me because, uh, you know, first of all, putting together a loose script for a show. That's what people don't understand. With any show, you know, you can jump in and say whatever, but the thing is having a loose script kind of keeps the show on the rails, kind of keeps it on time, and also helps to make the guests more comfortable. You can't just jump in there, ask all these questions, and throw them in some random order. If you have some kind of order, some kind of situation that you know you're going to be able to, okay, cool, I can roll with this, 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 and this. And if they skip this or go this, I can go back to this, you know, stuff like that to make the show go smooth, make the guests feel comfortable and bring the best out of the guests for the people that are listening. So that's where I would think the writing kind of, um, you know, helped me out in that aspect as well. So, you know, I, I definitely had um, previous experience in terms of writing a script for a radio show. I did that mm-hmm. for a couple months, actually, here at a, a radio station in Nashville. So that kind of you know, I had to do that for a couple, you know, a couple months. So that kind of, I pulled on that experience as well as the writing experience. And that kind of, you know, brought all that together and, and wanted to, you know, give everyone the best show, the best content and, and make things easy for the guests to be authentically who they were. So they didn't have to worry about anything else, but just being who they were. Nice. Now, what would you say has been like, um, what was your welcome to the business moment? as far as that show was concerned like you're welcome to broadcast moment uh well that that's about to come up actually but <laughs> but uh i would say you know well you so gotta far, have one before that like you yeah, had to I have know, you know I, it's levels to it i know i know <laughs> but uh what i would say is my welcome to the uh broadcast moment is you know being able to you know actually reach out to guests and guests be excited to come on my show Mm. And actually guess that people know, like, I mean, I recently I had what Ben Troop on my show was a former Titans uh, tight end and and uh, was a second round draft pick for the Tennessee Titans. And and he was and he's doing radio now and does radio in uh, Georgia. He was super excited to come on my show, said he looked up my show and was watching it and checking it out and and said, uh, yeah, I got to be on that show. I was like, is he really talking about my show is is. Is there another Mike Pat that I don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, moments like that, and moments uh, where you have guys making time to come on your show, that definitely is like, okay, cool. Maybe I have something here. Maybe mm-hmm. I have something quality that people want to watch and keep up with. And you know, I, I I can't stop doing this. Now, how would you say um, you 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 know the show is called Touring the AFC South? Obviously, you know, NFL is king, as they used to say at the four letter. 
you have you know you got guaranteed content for 17 weeks or i guess it's 18 weeks now right how did you keep it fresh what's the one thing you say you could say that helps you keep it fresh during the off season well the off season uh that's that's when i tap into the creative mind uh definitely on that one because you know of course i'll tap into other sports i'll tap into other things that are going on like for example my opening segment get off your chest segment it doesn't actually have to be about football i've talked Mm -hmm. about so many different things on that i even talked about the kendrick lamar album one time opening the show so uh you know i can talk about pretty much anything to do there so it kind of captures your attention and then also um kind of doing crossover kind of uh, shows like you know something with basketball and football or you know for example wrestling and football you know stuff mm-hmm. like that to kind of uh garner the attention of people that may not want to talk about football or may want to you know have other different interests as well so kind of mixing it up and uh also of course the off season i gotta also mention in march march for every march that my show is going to be running it is going to be uh all black women that are going to be guests for my show in march and i did that this year as well that was something I especially did to make sure that, you know, that black women are know or are, are know that uh, there's somebody out there for them. There's this, always a space for them, especially on my podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, I can appreciate is watching you be so super supportive of black women, you know, is we try to show like, look, y'all have earned your spots. And you've earned your, you know, you put in the hard work. A lot of times they work harder than us because they have to. And it's really good to be able to show them, hey, we appreciate you. And, you know, I got to commend you on that as well. I told you, Mike, you a baby face. You know, you <laughs> you are a Ricky Steamboat baby face. <laughs> you, you, couldn't, you, you couldn't be a heel if you tried. You know, some people could be heels. You couldn't be a heel if you tried. You, you Steamboat. uh that's what they tell me man but hey (laughs) i'm just i'm just living and living day by day man (laughs) nah nah, i definitely get it trust me uh what is something that you would say when you look at you know we all obviously everybody who does a podcast everybody who does a show we look at the first episode and then we look at this episode and we always hate the first episode give or take what's something that you would say you wish you knew immediately that you would be able to pass on to a mentee or you know somebody who's listening that's trying to that wants to do a show but they're not sure don't panic because <laughs> uh, the first show I, I definitely panicked and you know i i didn't really have guests on the first time i was doing my show now everyone that watches my show now knows that pretty much every week or every episode i'm going to have a guest with me mm-hmm. but when i first started my show it was just me it was just me talking and I'm like, okay, can I really run for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes by myself? And I was like nervous. I'm like, am, am I going to be able to keep this up? And eventually I got more comfortable in my skin. I'm like, okay, cool. If I plan this out, if I write this out, if I put this here, this here, this here, I can make that happen. So, you know, as the fall comes around, of course, I'll probably have more segments that will maybe just me. I may not still trying to work that out, but um but i'm comfortable enough to be like okay cool i can do these segments on my own hold my own and still have guests on and still be able to rock the mic and do things that that people would like to see and hear yeah that's 
That's awesome, man. You know, and, and that's the key. You know, I try to tell people the same thing. Don't panic. The first one ain't going to be perfect. Call for what it is. You got to get it out the way, though. Like, there's no other way to look at it. You got to get it out the way. It helps. Uh, and, you know, once you do that, you're good to go. Do we see any expansion with Mike Patton doing other types of shows? Uh, right now, I would say no. I, I'm <laughs> kind of putting all my energy into this show and to making it as, it as successful as it can be. As you see, I'm getting tongue-tied trying to talk, but <laughs> um, yeah, definitely trying to put as much as I can into this show and make it as successful as I can make it and kind of push as hard as I can to, uh, you know, get it more in the public eye, get more people on, uh, get more eyes here to see what I'm creating and, you know, continue to evolve the show, I would say, but not necessarily looking to expand it to be something different or do other shows at this present time. Okay. All right. Well, you know, people want to know, uh, before we get out of here, you heard it. I'm pretty sure you probably studied this question. Um, when did Mike Patton break through the glass ceiling? Wow. Uh, honestly, I probably broke and came back through the glass a few different times. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, I would say the first time I felt like I broke through the glass ceiling was when I, I committed myself to when I first started writing, I'm going to write two articles a day, keep writing two articles a day and see where it takes me at the end of the year. This was like, uh, this was a while ago. And I caught the eye of a certain young woman that actually was on 106 and Park. That would be free. Oh, so okay. I actually was her sports writer for about a year and change on her website, Freeze World. So that was probably the first moment I was like, okay, maybe I've got something here writing. Um, you know, another moment I would say is when I did Sports Awakening and I actually got credentials through my own website to cover college basketball, which is Belmont and Tennessee State University and then mm -hmm. Tennessee State University and football as well. So that would be another moment. Um, of course, another is the Super Bowl uh, pro player insiders actually getting to cover a Super Bowl and actually being in the Super Bowl uh, in the actual stadium with the um, Eagles and the Patriots. That was another moment. And last but certainly not certainly not least, when you know, of course, doing the freelance journalism, doing the um, touring the AFC South podcast. And being able to turn that into getting uh, credentials to go to OTAs and minicamp for the Titans this summer. That man, you you doing it, man? And like I said, I know you always quick to give everybody their flowers, quick to support everybody. But you know, we got to give Mike Patton his flowers too, because he out here making it happen each and every week, and it's not easy. Uh, real quick, the Super Bowl. You talked about that. Um, what? So you use that the game, or did you? I was, I was in actually in the game in the uh, in, in Minnesota in, in Minneapolis. It was freezing yeah. in there <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the uh, Eagles were going uh, were taking on the Patriots. Now, what was it like seeing the Philly special? I mean, it was it was pretty interesting. I was at the <laughs> further end of the the end zone, so it's like you could get the full scope of it, but it was just further away, of course. And you're just watching it like, wow, did they really just do that? Mm -hmm. Did that really just happen? I was like, at that point, I was like, yeah, they're going to win this game. <laughs> now, did you have a disdain for the Patriots like a lot of people did? 
Not really. Not okay. really. I just, I, I just, the, the thing I would tell a lot of people is do not expect great, exciting interviews to come from Tom Brady and Bill oh. Belichick. Because <laughs> I will say, Bill Belichick, I was actually sitting in one of his press conferences, mm-hmm. and that had to be the most boring thing I'd ever heard in my life by far. And then now, Brady comes up and says, and talks, and I'm like, why? Why? And then, but but now he's in, he's in Tampa, and I mean he's he's definitely a little bit more person, more, person, more personality. So, Tampa Tom. Oh, and also I wanted to ask, like, mm-hmm. do you think you've been been to a Super Bowl? Do you think you you could withstand like going to a 49er Super Bowl, like being there, or do you think it's harder if you're going to watch your own team? It would definitely be harder, but you know the the biggest thing is I have a job to do. And I, I can't get caught up in those moments because if I get caught up in those moments and I'm not doing my job, then then nobody is getting the content that they need. So it would have been tough. I almost I almost was there in in Miami. Almost okay. just quite didn't work out, but uh, almost was there in Miami. So you know, I I I, uh, I would have uh, definitely tested <laughs> what you just asked me. <laughs> yeah, I always said I don't know if I could be at a Ravens Super Bowl uh fan or working. It, it, it's you know, I was doing the sideline work with um, you know, with the union, and what uh-huh. would happen is they would, you know, we had to like get the cables and stuff and help, you know, just production stuff. Yeah. And that Ravens Steelers game, the one if you remember when Hollywood started tweeting off about not giving their soldiers, uh, using their <laughs> toughest soldiers and stuff. I remember like standing on the sideline, it's coming down to the wire, and I'm like, "Come on, y'all, y'all got to do this." And it was hard. I mean, granted, you got to buckle up and you got to work, but you walking around with an attitude the whole time, you know. But I was at the game when Lamar broke Michael Vick's record, and that was a fun day, you know. So it's the love of sports, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the love of sports. <laughs> right, right. It's definitely a balance. Yeah, certainly. But yeah, yeah, let's get out of here, man. Let the people know where they can find you. Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter at MikePatton82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-82. Uh, of course, uh, Instagram, the underscore general underscore MP. Uh, let's see. Uh, you can find me, of course, uh, the Nashville Voice and the Tennessee Tribune. Uh, definitely doing some freelance journalism there. And of course, you can find me on Touring the AFC South uh each what thursday and saturday uh you know definitely on spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast wherever you get your podcast awesome man mike i definitely appreciate you taking time out i know you're tired so make sure you get some rest <laughs> chill with the family but i definitely appreciate you taking the time brother and all works out i'll see you in a couple weeks in nashville for SummerSlam. <laughs> yes sir yes sir <laughs> i'll be around all right, bro. Take care. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Mike Patton, everybody. Um, remember, do not let anyone set up a ceiling over your success. So long, everybody. <laughs>